This time on TNT. Buds, I got the NASCAR hookup and it was epic. Buds, I got the Broil King hookup and it's hot. Plus, Jer's got some hot takes that you don't want to miss. That's all coming up right now on TNT. Hello. Hey, bud. How's it going, brother? Man, the last time we talked, I was talking about going to this NASCAR race, and you yeah. were talking about the hookup. And I was like, I, I don't, I've never had the hookup before. What does that, what is that? Yeah. Turns <laughs> we out. Get the slide, we get the slide into the DMs on, on social media. Yeah, tell the people. Well, I just got an, a, a random email saying, hey, I work uh, in a crew at NASCAR. I'm on my way to Phoenix. If Jonathan really wants to rock, let, let, let me. And I gave him your number and he got contacted you. Yes. And it's just, so it was legitimate inside the ropes at NASCAR. So, you got it. I don't even know where to begin. Um, first but of all, firstly, firstly, let's just I got, like gotta appreciate the bod universe for being so broad and out there that it's a guy on the way to the race there, just Berlin, and like it's just uh, we appreciate and we don't realize that uh, how many there are out there listening to the pod every week, and uh, you know you kind of understand analytics a little bit, and there, we know there's lots of numbers, but you just don't hear when you start to hear. Uh, reactions and like just it's it's consistent with people just firing hey i listened to the pod yesterday and there's something so personal to them uh we love it so just uh keep keep the uh, keep letting us know you're out there it's awesome yeah and, and in all kinds of ways in, in a way uh yeah. you benefited from the pod in an exciting way that you should share too yes um, yes I'll, I'll share mine not right after you tell the talk to, okay sounds good NASCAR, though. This yeah. it might be a NASCAR special this entire episode because I I learned so much. This, this is what I was reminded of first and foremost. I love when people come to visit on set because it's really exciting to see the process through the eyes of someone who's never been around it before. So I always say yes when someone's like, "Can I come visit? Can I come watch?" It it fires me up because when you've been doing mm. something for a long time, you can start to think like, "Eh." It's sort of routine and mundane. But when you see someone's eyes kind of grow wide at how cool it is, it's a great reminder. Um, yeah. So this bud of all buds, Ryan, uh, slid into our Ryan. DMs and used the phrase hot pass, which is already like, okay, the learning's starting. What even is a hot pass? Um, long story, <laughs> slightly longer. A hot pass, the, the way Ryan put it is, just don't get hit by a car, but you can go anywhere else like anywhere else in the infield the pits um the catering tent um like just keep walking no one's gonna stop you with this kind of pass on which was that's called that's you know what we call that we call that the all singing all dancing pass in the uh um concert business in everything you get them at golf tournament like the one that just lets you roam yeah (laughs) that's it so this all was singing, all dancing. It's as if I uh, bought my first scratch ticket and won a jillion dollars. Like I, I've been so spoiled by this 
uh, pass and, and by Ryan and his colleagues that I can never just go to a race now because I've tasted the no, champagne on the inside, gone. which is both incredible and problematic. So um, uh, not only was Ryan generous. I still, I still like the original idea of picturing you out in the dusty heat, out in the stands. Yeah. Enjoying it that way, but this is totally so different. <laughs> well, this is okay. I, I have, I have. So, there are so many different um, silos of this experience to share. But I'm going to start with the budness, the budism that Ryan displayed to not only me, a NASCAR newbie, but my father-in-law, who's a longtime fan. So love it. It's nice. it's like if you're a, a hockey fan and you get to go to fantasy camp and you're on a line with Gretzky and Curry and all you had to do was be a CEO <laughs> of a company and pay eight grand. Um, yeah. So it it was incredible uh, and such a learning experience for me. Um, but for my father-in-law, he was smiling like a husky, as uh, my buddy Russell DeCarl likes to say from Prairie Oyster. Um, he was just in awe. And, and the great wow. thing is uh, the, the sport is changing, and I deliberately call it a sport after what I witnessed there. Um, it's sure. changing. There are new engines. There are new um, tires, as we've talked about before, because I sat beside that Goodyear bot on the plane. So this is, what, yep. <laughs> this is what Ryan kind of explained to Carson and me about NASCAR. What they're trying to do is, unlike Formula One, where Ryan used to work, if you have a billion dollars, you can probably win. Because you just kind of buy your way to the front of the line and you get the best gear and the best car and the best whatever. Um, NASCAR, to make it more competitive and to make it more feasible for just any team, startups, he, the way he put it is everyone gets the same Lego kit and yeah. your, your engine comes in a box or your motor. Um, you take it out of the box, you put it in, you take it out of the car, you put it back in the box. So it comes down to now more the what the drivers can do yeah and like every car is identical right every single one of they're all the same with like little tiny minute changes yeah that, I, that they're all fighting to try and get someone over the next but like because everything's so specific everything's the same right i want to say that's true and i, I believe that i think true. it is jet jet tells me that anyway okay he's, uh, he's a big fan so, the engines. As, as Ryan says, basically, yeah, the, the, everyone gets the same stuff, and it's what you do with the stuff. So let's talk about Ryan for one second, because he is a Canadian guy. He went to Western, I'm guessing, is from London, Ontario. Um, grew up a race car fan, kind of built some cars when he was a kid, some go-karts. Uh, worked for F1, and then took this job at NASCAR. So he's a mechanical engineer. And uh, I'm kind of piecing together what uh, little tidbits I got from Ryan and also my father-in-law uh, um, surmising what it is Ryan does. So mm -hmm. as we've talked about, like, the amount of gas versus the number of laps left versus the, uh, uh, you know, temperature outside, um, the squishiness of the tires in the heat or, or the cold, <laughs> like, all that stuff. For example... The tire pressure is different on the left side tires than it is on the right side tires. That might sound very obvious to someone who's a fan, but to me it was like, oh, of course, because the track is angled. 
Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So R- Ryan's the uh, engineer on his team. The car is number 38, Todd Gilliland. He's a young guy, and he finished in the top 20 on this particular day. It was a good showing for him. But nice. every week they have to try to figure out what can make the car go faster, what didn't work, what should we try, what can we do. Um, so Ryan in, endured very hospitably um, probably 8,000 questions <laughs> between me and my father-in-law while he's getting ready for a day at work. But Amazing. The, uh, the access that we had was bananas. Before the race, That's we're so infield, cool. could walk on the track. <laughs> like I walked on the track and standing beside the pit crews during a pit stop. This is why I know That's it was crazy. it was nuts. Like don't get hit by a car so was it, actually I could have. <laughs> no, but like so then you get to see the the what's the coolest thing I think about NASCAR is the the power and the sound of the cars and the actual strength in this you see the because it's like they're not light. They're just so heavy, and it's just such a powerful, uh, massive thing. And to see them ripping around like that must be crazy right in front of your face. It is crazy. And the interesting thing about the infield is you can see everything except the big picture. So it's kind of hard to tell what's going on in the race if you're not listening yeah. to a scanner or watching it on the big screen. Um, so How loud is it, by the way? Yeah, it's great. Like... Even with the earplugs in, you're still like... You feel I, it. Yeah. Does it smell like gas? Like everywhere It's like Brad smell. Roberts' voice for four hours in a row every t- 20 seconds. Is there a big gas re- reek? No. <laughs> like, no? No. Oh, so okay. This is why... It's just all burning off. Like, yeah. there's nothing left. Well, so... Uh, the night before was the ARCA race, the American Race Car Association. It's kind of the younger guys. And, uh, you know, th- we watched that from the stands. There were a couple of, uh, you know, peel-outs and oil spills and whatever. So there's a big truck that basically puts flour over the oil so that it's not wow. slick anymore. Take, yeah. It's just so That's dialed. Um, so this is why I, I call it a sport, and it's a team sport for sure. These mountainous human beings in flame retardant suits who are the pit crews they're always big they're like most of them are all lanky like huge long arms not lanky man they're like the rock because everybody they're uh, all because they're carrying everyone's the rock it's like every team has eight the rocks because (laughs) the gas cans are 96 pounds and they have to lick it, lift it up like it's a Sobeys bag and put the gas in the car in three so seconds. It's like the rock or like the blue guy from Avengers, right? Yeah. Everyone either looks like the rock or Ivan Drago. Um, or like, uh, you know, like uh, close cropped beards and jacked. Like it's... It's so high octane, but I thought they were like firing a couple camel lights waiting for the car to come in. Like that yeah, that's like, what I assumed. But they're not. You know what they're doing? Stretching and what? jumping jacks and push-ups no. and getting like practicing. It was wild. <laughs> 
So these guys, they're wearing Velcro suits, but they're like, uh, like slapping each other on the back and getting pumped up. And at, the thing that really surprised me is after a good uh, pit, they'd be like high fives and hugs and like, yes! The, the team is so committed to the yeah, car and the driver. Uh, wow. Like, if I do my tire change, the, my part of the tire change quickly and well, I'm pumped. And I really loved seeing the pride that each of them took in their respective roles. It was really cool. Imagine one of them normally driving down the road and they pop a tire and they yeah. get out of the car. God damn it! Just 50 push-ups and... There's also like, uh, by the way, those like diamond push-ups <laughs> where they got the, the, their hands together in the front. <laughs> <laughs> and they coming off the ground, everyone. The, they, the push is like off the ground. They blow a tire and <laughs> the Ford Tempo, and they're in a the flame retardant suit down on the ground. <laughs> then the tire they change the tire in like 15 seconds yeah. and they're like yeah then another 25 like one-handed doing chest bumps <laughs> oh my gosh that's actually a great comedy sketch take a pit crew driving down the highway looking for people that have blown tires and jump out and change it in 10 seconds it would be amazing and it's like before they even know they're there, it's done. Here's, here's something else that NASCAR really has oh, figured man. out. The, the access that the fans are given to the drivers, to their personalities, to their kind of family life, to um, the people working there, it's welcomed and encouraged. So we walked along <clears throat> the pits, and every pit... People are like, hey, how's it going? And Carson would ask a question, and they would answer it, and he'd ask another one, and they seem to have all the time in the world. If they were super busy, they'd say very politely, like, if you'll excuse me, I, I have to put a tire on this car that's coming in right now. But they were... Uh, everyone seems to get it, that the uh, the fans are what keeps the thing going. And um, I think they, there's a pride in their work, and they were so happy to share their corner of this universe um yeah and here's the other crazy thing trailer park boys has traveled so far man I like oh it's crazy isn't it i'm gonna yeah. say there was a, a dude on every team that knows the show it's it's wild yeah. when you think about the For fact sure. that the pilot was in the year 2000 or whatever it was so ryan Introduced us to uh, Dustin, his colleague on the same team who does the same job on another car. And he introduced us to this woman named Kat. And Kat runs catering uh, for one of the teams, arguably the biggest one. She used to be a cop in Honolulu. And she found this niche as uh, someone who caters in NASCAR. And when you think about, like... There are so many ways to make a living, but that's that's one that had never occurred to me. And I know from working on film sets, food is a language of love. And when people are sad, it makes them feel happy. When people are flying, it makes them uh, feel great. 
But imagine yeah. going to a different city every weekend and having to feed these the rocks uh, <laughs> enough food to get them through the weekend, breakfast, lunch, and supper, and snackies. Yeah, it's the uh, those huge pots cooking and everywhere. Yeah, in the kitchen, those ones. <clears throat> yeah, and the um, uh, uh, tin foil like uh, casserole dishes full yeah, of like rice and steak and chicken and stuff. Just stacks and racks full of like warming drawers. Yeah. So Kat works with these two dudes, Will and Andy, and they were so nice and uh, receptive and kind and also generous with their time. And I, I can honestly say I didn't encounter anyone, not a single person, no matter what their job was, from ticket checkers to uh, credential trailer uh, employees. Everyone had a smile on their face. They were mannerly. They were receptive. They seemed happy to be there. I, I couldn't believe how high morale is. And part of it, I'm sure, has to do with the fact that the fans are back. And for the last couple of years, they haven't had them. And that adds a layer for sure. Well, the other thing is you're looking at like like really specific picked people that are in these groups that are like, you know, to, to work at that level and that field there are no negative people yeah they don't make it that you know they don't make it that far everyone everyone was an ambassador for the sport and took pride in that and we've talked about this before i don't i don't care what people are doing when people take pride in their job it's so uh intoxicating and um such a pleasure to watch um so even uh, Ryan's job is, I assume, very exhausting mentally, um, and a mm. lot of these these guys, their jobs are very exhausting physically, um, but they just are pumped to be there, and that's that's uh, that's intoxicating for sure. Well, it's probably a job that doesn't really end either, right? Because as soon as you're, you're th- it's at, they're at home doing the same kind of work and research. Well, I wondered probably. that. Like they do get a weekend. Um, they do get a couple of days off. Uh, they do fly on a charter plane because if it gets rained out Sunday and they have to move the race to Monday, they can't have 60 people on hold with American Airlines trying to change their yeah. flights. So it's just easier to charter. But I, I always feel this about cops too. Like if you were on the case of a missing child and you go home at five o'clock, there's no way you're not watching Jeopardy thinking, huh, what about the aunt? She seemed sketchy. Like, there, it must be hard to turn oh, your brain sure. off. <laughs> yeah. Is it oh, the same sure. in something like NASCAR when you have a poor showing and you go home and you're on your days off? Like, oh, what if, is it the air intake? Yeah, if you're trying to get ahead, right? There's a, it just doesn't end that uh, creativity. Um, here's another thing that I learned. I really enjoyed it, if you can't tell. Um, yeah. I learned that Goodyear is the official tire sponsor of the race. They take the tires with them. They drop the tires off. So you can't take the tires to back to your garage and with your car. The, the tires will meet you at the race. Um, so no one can do anything fishy with the tires. Also, Interesting. they have brand new yeah. tires called stickers. Those are tires with stickers on them. 
And tires that have been used, they can also hang on to in case they decide to put them back on. Because maybe you'll pit early, switch out your tires to stickers, brand new ones, mm -hmm. and then realize like, oh, there was actually some life left on the old ones because um, you only get so many stickers per race. And there are yeah. officials <clears throat> walking around the track watching everyone. So you're doing no a pit. funny stuff. Yeah, there's an official standing right there <laughs> watching. He's good. Do you have the eyes or you're looking? He's got the sunglasses on? He's yeah. He's staring at everything. Staring at everybody at the same time. Yeah. No matter what you do, you look up, he's looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was inside the infield, and that was the race. And Todd Gilliland is my favorite driver now, for obvious reasons. Car 38. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, me too now. The other thing he's that... The, well, T, the TNT, the TNT yeah, exactly. uh, home favorite. Slap a bud sticker on the car. Um, yeah, man. Ryan, we have $300 Canadian. Does that buy yeah, us do. a bud sticker on the car? Um, that would. Here's the other thing that blew me away. The, the winner of the ARCA race, and they're like full-sized race cars, was 16. Um, a lot of the NASCAR drivers are babies. Like, like what do you mean? 20? You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Under 20. Um, really? The seasoned ones are, you know, late 20s, and I think even sometimes 30s. So but does... They're does kids. So, like, I, I know it matters a little more in, like, F1, but, like, the size of a person doesn't matter in a NASCAR because the car is so heavy, right? So you don't you see big dudes as well as probably any size of person, right? Not specifically, like, the rocks in every car. <laughs> well, I would say typically they're, they're not, like, horse jockey-sized. But yeah. I would say they're typically uh, more diminutive in stature. They seem to be slight. Mm -hmm. Like you're, if you're, this was a, a 312 laps, but I guess some races like there is a 600, I think it's in Charlotte. So mm -hmm. you lose a lot of weight from sweat doing 600 laps and you must have to go number one in your suit if it really drags sure. on, right? Because you're trying to hydrate yourself as well. Yeah. But maybe you might be sweating it all out. You probably don't have to. Exactly. I was asking yeah. Carson, and I'd like to uh, have a sit-down follow-up with Ryan sometime and ask <laughs> the last 10,000 questions. But I wonder if they have something to drink in the car. Like, not a not a Dunkin' Donuts, but do they have, like, a straw in their helmet I'm that they can no, they take got, a like, on some water? Little, they got a little pole wire thing into their mouth where they just rip it and it just comes burling in from the from Oh, the really? Helmet. Yeah. So would you do that when you're in the pit or could you do that on the fly? Probably any time you want, I think. That's huh. what I, like, cause it's just like the old days having the backpack of a, with some, the, like with your jogging. You Hydration helmet? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, here goes Rebel. Someone's out the door. What's yeah. he fired up about? I think, uh, I think my, uh, yeah, it's, hang on, Rebel, shh, it's, it's, uh, Lisa's mom's personal worker coming in, she comes in five days a week. Nice, bless their hearts, that's not an easy yes. job. Yes, they're amazing. Um, so that was... Okay, hold on, you say hello. Hi, Rebel, how's it going, bud? Rebel's going to say hi to, to Lita. All right. 
Um, We're good. So yeah. So back to the track. So the uh, um, uh, that was inside the track, and and again, uh, Ryan didn't have to do that. It went from being like something that would be kind of cool to something that's like a real core life memory for me and for Carson and for the two of us. It was really nice to do that together. Um, Wicked. He didn't have to do it. Uh, but, but man, I so appreciate that he did. And I know Kat helped and, uh, Will and Andy also helped, uh, 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 they were hosts to us as well. Um, so just a final special thank you to them. It was just really cool. So that was inside the the track. Outside the track. Oh, we camped. What's going on outside the track? So we, there are camps. You camped. Yeah. We stayed in an RV. Uh, our RV with uh, uh, yeah. other people like four feet uh, on either side of us. Uh, on mm-hmm. one side of us was Wade from Edmonton, a gentleman probably in his 70s. Um, he's lived in Arizona for the last 20, 25 years. Uh, Wade, um, within the first five minutes of meeting him, uh, invited me to share his pooper. Uh, nice. Which <laughs> it's really... What is that? What's that about? So, like, if you want to use it, go for it. Yeah, yeah. If you're dry camping, which is what it's called when there's no water hookup. Few and hook far up. between, right? Few and far between for the number two bangers. Well, there's a bunch of Pope Johns that you can use, um, which everyone uses, or for a buck ten, you can get your own pooper for the weekend, and it has a lock and a key. And Wade said, if you want to use my pooper, no problem. Just ask me for the key. Um. I, I refrained, for what it's worth. But there were a lot of flags. I sent you a couple of pictures. There are, uh, unsurprisingly, um, like, uh, you know those shields you put in your windshield <laughs> in hot climates to keep it cool? Yeah. So there's, yeah. I saw one that was like Donald and Melania driving. Oh, man. Saw a lot of, like, I sent you a jump on board the Trump train flag in someone's window. A lot of tr- <laughs> um, Why do they always have the same, like... Those tr- flags and then like the big murals, they have the same vibe as like those cheesy 80s vans on the side, right? Well, someone had. That you want, like you won at the CNE, like on the mirror, the little. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, have, the murals with the wolves on it. Yeah, yeah, the, the mirror that says ACDC. <laughs> the, um, the uh, I, again, I should preface it by saying everyone everywhere in this campground, which went on for miles. And it's not a campground, really. It's a field or a parking lot or dirt. Um, yeah. And let's not forget you're in the desert and it's super hot and exactly. dusty and windy. Um, so everyone everywhere, super friendly. And people were offering everything from have an orange to have a shot to can I give your dog a treat? Super friendly. Nice. But I couldn't help but notice there was hundreds of flags and t-shirts that say let's go brandon do you know the origin of this yeah isn't that like uh some crowd was saying uh something and biden thought they were saying something else or something like that yeah crowd was yelling f joe biden yeah. And a, uh, uh, yeah, that's right. a reporter was on air and said, as you can hear, the crowd is chanting, let's go, Brandon. Yeah, and then that was it. And so let's off. go, Brandon took so off. So just another, another, another catchphrase for the right, the MAGA 
folks. Yes, and so there, there were a lot of uh, there was a heavy presence of let's go Brandon ness. <clears throat> yeah, but again, really important to say, super friendly, super welcoming. Like, didn't meet anyone who was uh, uh, cool or jerky or people wanted to pat the dogs. Everyone that passed said hi. Like, nice, nice people. Um, and I think generally people are just pretty happy to be back to life. Yeah. So did, did, did you get some, well, that's the thing. It's a, you're in an area where if you wear a mask, you might, you're going to probably get chirped by some people, right? Well, it's interesting because people, people, I think in, uh, some places down here think if you wear a mask, it's because you have it. So a lot oh, of places say, if you're unvaccinated, please wear a mask. Um, so I think people assume if you're wearing a mask, maybe you have the Covesy. Which is just like ridiculous. Yeah, but I guess it's it's <laughs> I mean, all it's whatever. Like it's if, where you get your information and exactly, it's the trickle down of information. Yeah, or whatever. Um, some people Let's not even bother going there. Some people who you can tell, like, planned it a year ahead. We're going to book six sites for our three RVs. We're going to park them like a U. And in the middle, we're going to put down carpets and a ch uh, chimenea. And we're going to put tents over it. And some people had, like, a NASCAR bumper fashioned into a mm -hmm. bar. Uh, and some people had, like, everyone's playing cornhole. So it's really like, I, I think <laughs> if you're into it, that's how you spend your vacation. And your money. So, yeah, and you just have to keep that mindset of, like, when Hunter S. Thompson was, like, hanging out with Nixon. Yeah. You know, just that, the, the I guess, the complete opposites somehow finding common ground. But you just have to tone out really any personal uh, opinions and, like, keep it to like sports that's all they talked about nixon and hunter s thompson was a football right like safe <laughs> like middle if I met, ground if, if i you know you got you stay civil and, and if you had to sit and talk with somebody like that it's like if i had to talk to to george bush i would keep it to barbecuing and and painting and baseball baseball because he was the owner of the rangers at one point right well i told you at the time i was doing a corporate gig and he george w was the keynote speaker right yeah that's right and he was i was prepared for a uh, kind of cartoon character and the first thing he said was you're i know what you're thinking he said to a room full of people your impression of me was formed uh by will ferrell's impersonation of me on snl i was like uh yeah um, yeah. And everything he said, he's had time to polish those turds, but he was folksy and charming and self-deprecating and insightful and all things I didn't expect. So it, it, was, uh, it was interesting to be in a crowd of people whose political beliefs are probably different than mine. But in all the us and them over the last several years, you realize in most ways at our core, people just want to be happy and spend time with their family and have good times and sit around the fire. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I, that's the thing where the, the, uh, division is so strong that, uh, it's, 
it's really gotten, I don't know, maybe it's always been there, but that underlying feeling of, of, uh, the, the civil war, you know, that same kind of anger that like the past versus the future, basically. Well, I didn't hear it, but we were asleep on the first night there. I'm just saying it's difficult. It's hard to, in my mind, it's like you're completely outnumbered in a sense. So so you have to kind of just drop it and not talk about it. Right. So, yeah, I get it. I get it. And uh, I would, uh, you're trying to have an experience. And so, like I said, yeah, you just have to kind of put your head down and like, get through it i guess and yet <laughs> in that. in it's my default to be a chameleon i wasn't wearing a let's go brandon hoodie but i <laughs> i sort of acclimatized to my environment because that's when you get the most pure observations for sure because you want to try and yeah definitely because i think in there uh there is a lot of people that are that are actually victimized in a sense yeah because they for whatever reason didn't know enough to find out actual facts and are kind of relying on fox news uh because they probably you know the news that they were getting 20 years ago was a lot closer to the truth than that than now so they don't understand what the difference is and then all of a sudden they find themselves uh kind of backwards in a sense so but they're still the same person that probably if you got them in a room and really kind of uh explain to them what's happening on certain points uh they would probably be more open to it and probably possibly change as a and so they're not really that person i believe you know what i mean i just think there's a lot of people that kind of slipped into that world that don't even realize that they're kind of they've accepted these kind of broken moral values that are thrown to them every day just for viewership and trying to you know get rupert murdoch another yacht you know it is important to not exist in an echo chamber where everyone you surround yourself with has the exact same opinions and feels the exact same way because then you just get more convicted in your own beliefs and you miss out on an opportunity to understand how you could think differently. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, that was, that was my net takeaway is people are people mostly. Mm -hmm. Um, I fell asleep the first night and didn't hear uh, something that Carol did, which is a guy (laughs) yelling, I'm going to kill you um, to his friend. <laughs> no like, way. All banged up. And I was like, was it like joking? And she was like, I don't think. Yeah, that's the other thing. Probably a lot of firearms in that uh, RV camp. Yeah, I didn't think about that a whole lot either. <laughs> like if anything happened, all of a sudden this big shoot up. Yeah, there are a few NRA flags and uh, things like that. Oh, but... Um, the the NASCAR part of it, uh, yeah. awesome. And we should take a break. But one final yeah. time, thanks, Ryan. What a bud. And uh, yeah. Kat and Andy and Will, too. Thank you, buds. That's good stuff, Ryan. Take a break, bud. Hey, bud. Yeah. So 
talk, you're talking about uh, bods out there out of nowhere. Yeah. Like I think a uh, member a couple weeks ago we were talking about like I was in the market for a barbecue. Looking, yeah, looking for a new rig. One. We got the sneaky DMs from the bods at Broil King. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they, they fired me an email and they're like on, on the DMs of, of our t- twi- uh, Instagram. And they said, we heard you're in the market for, for, on my personal Instagram, I heard you're in the market for a, a barbecue. And they literally just sent me the, uh, like they're a link to the styles of barbecue they made. <laughs> and I said, yo, I, I, I like this regal one. That seems pretty swank. <laughs> And and they just like you know got, I sent the address and a phone number and the thing showed up no Boom. right out the front and, and it's sitting in the garage <laughs> big skid with the freaking barbecue no way in the boxes yeah so I got I boxes plural boxes yeah with all those extra stuff like the rotisserie and shit <laughs> what so like. <laughs> I called Jet and Elliot, my cousin, and they came over and we had like a, a party in my garage <laughs> while they they basically put it together and we hung out and played tunes and caught up. So it was, <laughs> That Dodd is was the there. worst Jet's kind up. of party for them. No, it was fun. They like, didn't you guys care. come over they're and so, put together my new free barbecue. They're, they're so, yes, and they're so like, uh, like mechanically inclined that's nothing that's no big deal so literally they zipped that thing together in in an hour and we had a great night it was a really fun time did you barbecue uh, anything no we fired it up though and uh got out you know when you burn off all the plastic oh yeah but i just want to thank the bods at broil king for hooking me up with a new barbecue for the summer it's a wicked i can't wait to get going on it man i like barbecuing you yeah, well, you know what? Like, uh, you want, well, I love yeah, barbecuing. You guys, you, you, <laughs> I barbecue. Did you, I barbecue you were, on yeah, average sure four you, times a week, and you know I'm not perfectly satisfied no. with the rig I have now. So I am kind of in the and, market. <laughs> and you have been so like if you're at the at wherever you'll eyeball them. The, the other um. Ones. I mean, I could consider another brand, but it feels like an opportunity to develop some brand loyalty. I really like what they did for you. To the BK Bombers? I'm going to say, now that I've experienced the hookup, it, I mean, it's kind of awesome. Yeah, no kidding. It's like... The NASCAR and barbecue. But you've always, both. you've always had the hookup and you're not, um, you're not uncomfortable, like kind of asking because I'm sure you've given the hookup, uh, an equal amount. So it's kind of fair, right? You give concert tickets to people and come backstage and say hi to the thing. Exactly. And it's my wife's if, birthday. If, if you're in a position to offer something, it's like it, Anybody that's in that position would say it's not a, there's there's no fear in asking anything like if you want something like it's not a big deal. Yeah. You can always say no or hook them up and hook them up with something else. There's lots of uh, I think I, I uh, can't tell you how many golf uh, tea times I've gotten from concert tickets. You know, like you go to a city and you give them 20 tickets for the, the clubhouse and all the 
the kids at the pro shop and people that work there, people love it. It's a good time. Oh, it's, that's it's easy. smart. Yeah. That's smart. So if you're playing in a that's city actually, where you don't really know anyone, you don't have any family. Yeah, just for one tea time so we can play golf. But it's a great way for, you know, and we did that for years with OLP where you just kind of like it's actually another way to to uh, get bods out to the show. Okay, so walk me through how that economy works. You're on the bus, you're rolling into Tucson, you Google nicest golf course in Tucson, you call the pro shop and say, hey, we're a band coming in, we have a show tomorrow night, we'd love to get out tomorrow. Any yeah. chance Gen we could get on, we can give you guys generally, some tickets or something? Generally, I'd, I'd be doing that like three weeks in advance. Really? <laughs> like, like I'd be... I would look at the nicest tracks in town, and if I didn't know somebody that was a, a a PGA professional that could hook me up there, then I would try and just call them myself and offer them tickets. Wow! And it worked every single time because no people way. always want to go to a concert. Yeah, sure, for sure. Every time. So, how would you go out in a foursome? And is it like the four guys in the band? Like, who are the golfers? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Is the Rain Bomber a good golfer? He's all right, not great, but we would like chop it up and have like friendly bets all the time. We'd I'd chop have to it give up him soon. strokes. I'd have to give him strokes. Ego strokes? No, strokes. Like, oh, oh, oh right, of course. Strokes. But yeah, I would, I uh, we used to play almost three, four times a week. Wow. Yeah. Because there's nothing else to do. And if you can get out and walk around instead of just sitting in a hotel room, that's the best move. I remember once we got dropped off at like TPC Sawgrass. I think Omar Uresti hooked me up with like... I don't uh, understand any of the words in that sentence. A guy named Omar Uresti, a golfer, yeah. professional golfer, hooked me up with like uh, local prices or whatever. So it's like 50 bucks to play TBC, TPC Sawgrass where they had the players tournament, players championship. Wow. It's a great track and a cool place, but the bus rolling in there and dropping us off. I think me and Coots were the only ones to play there, but it was good. Um, great place. Is, can Coots play? Yeah, well, they, well, they all. We, at one point, we were all members at the national. You're all pretty good, with the exception to Mike. So we were avid. I say avid golfers, as in golfing a lot. But the good part wasn't really there in comparison to what you watch on television. Right. <laughs> what's the What's the best hookup you've ever had? Uh, like, or, or what are some other categories think, of hookups? No, I, I think the, the 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 gold medal party at Salt Lake City. Yeah, like with all all the players and Gretzky and everybody there. That was nuts. Who gave you and that hookup? Stumpy Steve Thomas just happened to see me coming in outside. I was with a bunch of people, including my bud John Kawaja. Yeah, and. Uh, we yeah we literally just saw him outside because we knew that it was there and we're like hey and i just saw stumpy and i was like stumpy what's going on man we're trying to get into this and he's well then come in <laughs> we all went in so why did stumpy why was he Stump able to get i knew him up? from he was a member at the national when i was playing golf there okay i played but golf with him 
did what did Stumpy do? Like, did Stumpy work for Team Canada or who? Uh, forgive he me. He was just he was just there. I think I I think because uh, I don't think he was playing, but he was there. I'm not sure in what capacity, but uh, he was with who was he with? I think he was with Curtis Joseph too, which I knew a bit. So how did you so end up he, in Salt Lake? Did you go for the game? Kawaja. Kawaja's like, hey, come on down. We got tickets to, the, to, to some games. And uh, I was off at the time in Vancouver. And That's uh, so fun. It was just literally a, a fly down. And like I was even at one, one night, I was like sleeping on a couch. But it was like just to get down there and experience it all. And it was when he worked at Adidas. So oh, great. it was literally like ha- hanging out at all the Adidas houses and and the parties with all the people that they're athletes bringing in gold medals galore. <laughs> so it was pretty a, a, wow. a great way to Yeah, the whole week was amazing to see all the different sports like the 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 skiing and literally sleep staying up in the mountains and it's pretty cool. Did you see them skeleton masks? I'm sure they were there. Gotta be the skeleton masks. How about that one where there's like three people piled up on the one little thing? Yeah. Like, who invented that and why? What's up with that? Yeah. Junior high boy invented it. What happened when... <laughs> um, were you? Did you go to the Vancouver Olympics? Yes, we played a show, a couple shows there. It's great. Like Arkell's but going to... Uh, uh, where were those Olympics? I Tokyo. Think the one of the there was a show we were there. They opened up for us out there. Really? Like they were start, Yeah, yeah. Because that was kind of the. Maybe not, but some. I'm not sure. Maybe I don't know. I can't remember when they started. Maybe I'm I'm predating it a little bit. Well, I remember. Oh no! When was when was Vancouver? 2010. Yeah, so I think they were due. Yes, for sure. That's Arkells played the rap party or the after party for the first Trailer Park Boys movie premiere at the Atlantic Film Festival. Yeah, that's classic. I wonder what year that was. That was probably like 2007. Ivan Reitman was there yeah. with his candy. And now, yeah. Ivan Reitman did not enjoy or get or like J-Rock. So oh, really? Clattenburg put worst. J-Rock in the script, and Ivan was like, I don't know about that character, man. And Mike was like, well, you know, people seem to really like it, and it's, you know, funny. And he's like, I don't know. Um, so it's like just randomly all of a sudden you're like, that guy doesn't like me and for no reason at all. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty weird. I can say it because he's not with us he, anymore. Well, he probably didn't even, like, look at a reel or something because he should have. I don't know if he just thought it was cartoonish or he didn't understand the cultural reference well, or if if you didn't it, no but if you didn't see or listen to some of the things you would say you would probably be like yeah no thanks man like I don't want to see this guy with the 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 white rapper thing like it's not I don't get that forget it it's just like kind of a shallow thought process of going through it I... instead of maybe w- watching some of the lines where it's like how could you not because some like the lines that you had in those first few seasons were as probably the funniest lines in the whole show. 
I, I didn't have like for sure. I didn't have the, the Rip and Leahy, all the, those things, which like, is skirted egg and Randy. Yeah, but the, the, that's the like that's the high end of the comedy going Inflatable on. Inflatable Elvis on the show there. <laughs> yeah, Rock Voisin looking chia pet map. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like, come on, Rock Voisine. I prided myself in never having like always having a freshie in the barrel yeah for sure like you might say f- four and three of them are just kind of like what you think you would say and then you just throw out like the, dangers the freaking bomb like to louis, louis del grande yeah well those are like those are taggart jokes like you would love <laughs> yeah. those but they're they're not for everyone most people would be like who yeah i know but then you look it up and like Ravine is funny because nobody really knows the first time, and then you look, and you're like, "Holy shit, he looks exactly like yeah. Ravine!" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's worth the Google when you don't understand something like that. When I, I was mean, a kid, me, we used to go see the- Ravine at the Charlottetown um, <laughs> Confederation Center for the Arts, and he started as an um, uh, he started as a mentalist, and then became an impossibilist. And a friend That's of mine had a joke like, "Was there was there a time in there where he was an improbableist? Like he probably probably can't do what he's doing, but he might be able to." What was it? Um, but like, how many? What? How how popular was Ravine? Like, could he pull out like five hundred people at a theater? No question, sold out. Bigger even. Yeah. 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 I saw Ravine at the Rebecca Cohen in Halifax. He probably would do three nights there, twelve hundred people. There you go. That's, and and it, was it primarily East Coast? Uh, it's a good question. Everywhere? I don't know what his uh, profile level was like elsewhere. I know he's really big in the Maritimes. And yeah. there'd probably be like 80 maths that would get up on stage and they'd have to do the um, are you susceptible tests. Like hold your hands together in a clasp and if he can hypnotize you and can't pull them apart, then you're good to go. But he caught some fakers and send them back to their seats. <laughs> like it seems like about the first half of the show was figuring out which masks were susceptible. And then he would plant the suggestion at the break. Like, okay, you, when you go out into the lobby, midway through the break, you're going to start getting really irritated and want to get back to your seat you out in the lobby, you're going to start, you know, uh, squawking like a chicken. You are going to run up and down the aisles looking for yeah. your mother. Um, <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy what Ravine could do. Um, so, but I remember there was like a scattering of guys that did that in Ontario too, like the same thing. Just or Tony Lee, X-rated hypnotist, yeah, <laughs> who does like 13 shots of tequila every night. We did a couple shows with him. Yeah, so he, he packs them like, in. It's like okay, you two are gonna be masturbating the whole time, and it's like that's it. Like, yeah, it's a guy jerking off for twenty minutes, and then in the lobby at intermission, you're <laughs> like, oh, like, sick. <laughs> and the guy's like, what? <laughs> it's like people are like, he's still doing it in the crowd, like while they're getting banged up. And it turns out he's not actually hypnotized. He's just a perv, and that's his way of finding cover. Look, he's feeding the geese in line up for M&M's. <laughs> What's he feeding the geese for? Look, that fella brought a manatee with him. The guy opened a chair for 20 minutes. 
Um, I wasn't very uh, close to the nucleus when Ivan was around, but uh, he wanted the first Trailer Park movie to be kind of a greatest hits. Like, you found the jokes oh, no. that work, just use those again. Like, use those again, oh, we'll do it for God. a wider audience. And Kladenberg was like, well, what about the fans that have been with us from day one? Like, it has to be a new story. And Ivan was like, why? You have tried and tested material. Just uh, use the jokes that worked. He also wanted it to be about Ricky and Lucy, like a romantic comedy between them and not about the three boys, which was the recipe that had clearly proven to work. So Clattenburg, to his credit, really stood up to Ivan. And if memory serves, even asked him to uh, leave the set. Um, nice. Which is pretty swaggy when you think about it. But Well... When you're protecting your baby the whole time, right? That, that's the thing. Well, and, and Ivan approached it from a very commercial yeah. uh, angle. He wanted there to be um, boobs in it so teenage boys would rent it at Blockbuster. Uh, Did you hear the big conversation? Well, I got no, no tits and ass in the script. We need some more tits and ass. I didn't hear it, but I know it happened. Um, but that is... To his credit, that is a recipe that has really worked for him. Um, so what are you going to do? Classic. But well, that's, that's his is. argument. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sorry, old school, what were you saying? I'm sorry, Ghostbusters? What were you telling me about how movies work? <clears throat> Pretty hard to well, argue Well, if you think that. about it, and this is, this is a, a, probably a hot take for most people... But I watched Ghostbusters again with the kids a little while ago, and I'm like, this movie isn't really great at all. It's kind of boring, to be honest. Is I it? I didn't really enjoy it. Yeah. It's not a banger like I thought it was when I was a kid. Um, anyway, interesting. Some people will probably be like, screw you, but I'm telling you, it's kind of slow going through it as an adult. Interesting. <clears throat> That's one I should revisit. And I, and I love, come on, like, SCTV, Harold Ramis, one of my favorites. And there are fun, like like they're funny in it. There's moments in it, and the care they, they um, there's not bad acting or anything. It's just kind of like, as the old phrase goes, "What if salad?" Yeah. <laughs> like Bill Murray's great in it or whatever, but like what? Like it still kind of just goes by. <laughs> goes bysters. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> more like Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's a terrible joke. It's a terrible Adam joke is structure. Just Stone Ebert of like the hot take of all <laughs> Ghost, Ghostbusters. More like Ghostbusters. More like Nosebusters. Um, I miss this Glenn Ebert. I like the maths. The long and the short of it. I know, right? <laughs> I do miss them because they had the good spice that where they would like fight for the movie, and you could tell, you could actually get a sense of if the movie was really good. Be the way they would go back and forth, because if it wasn't really good, the 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 other guy would have a difficulty defending it. You know what I mean? <laughs> if he starts going at him with like this, this, and this about it. Yeah, I know what you're saying, Gene. Was it Gene? <laughs> Gene Siskel and Rod Gene Roger Siskel Ebert. and Roger Ebert, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Crazy. But is legends. Isn't Ebert's daughter a movie reviewer? 
probably. Like uh, Chastity Bono Styles, The Next Generation? Just Berlin? Chaz Bono? How do you even do that anymore? Doesn't everybody just do that anyway? What? Movie review? Saw this movie on Twitter. It's Don't Bother. Have you been to a movie at a theater? Uh, not in a while, but I was thinking of maybe going to the Batman. Yeah. Maybe maybe to tonight or tomorrow or nice. something. Nice. How are you feeling uh, about going to a movie? Like, do, do you feel like, okay, I think it's time. Uh, yeah, no, I because I, the they ha, I think they're like I don't know are they full capacity or half capacity? I don't know. I would definitely feel more comfortable if it wasn't that many people in it. Right. You know, I I feel some of the the numbers right now are being underreported. I just got my booster last week. Did you? Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Just obviously, with again with Lisa's mom, you just got to be careful to keep it out. I've knock on wood have avoided COVID this whole time, and I I'm hoping to keep it that way. Same girl. I do still see uh, like on social media uh, people that I know like all of a sudden they I got and now I got it. You know, getting COVID still. So oh no question. And it's like it's not the opposite. For sure. So um, until I see like nobody in ICU and cases getting down to the point where it's gone, as opposed to hearing China has another outbreak, South Korea has another outbreak, Germany. So, yeah. So you, you can't like COVID again. You can be done with COVID, but COVID's not done with anybody. So you have to think, like, let the virus decide when it's gone. And there's no way out other than the layer of protection that we have with vaccines and boosters that, that hopefully is enough to, to get us through it. It's, Your mouth uh, to God's ear, Jer Bear. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm hoping that we can get some things going this summer. Yeah. Get some shows happening. Maybe a, a fall tour. Wouldn't that be tasty? Wouldn't that be very tasty? A little fall tour to go see the bods and face to face and eye to eye and have a few laughs. Wouldn't that be tasty? Would be so tasty, almost um, as tasty as the uh, the Broil King burgers and and steaks coming up. Uh, what's it like? Rotisserie. Is that it's one of the maps where you can cook like uh, you can make like uh, thin crust pizza. And you can yeah, probably. barbecue cookies. It's got the uh, burner on the side, too. Yeah, the it does. Oh, else. my gosh. <laughs> what is the you picture of this episode going to be? Is it going to be me walking huh? on the NASCAR track, or is it going to be oh, the new yeah, Broil King Regal? No, no. It's going to be you at the track if you have any photos. Definitely. If I have any photos, yeah, I'm sure I you sure do. Tons. That's right. Rip, rip me some, and I'll, I'll pick one for the old the Gramsci. All right, nice. Um, okay, before we go, you have some 86 jams cl- queued up, and you want me to pick my favorite. Yeah, I just want you to give your, uh, well, I'll, I can say them, and, and then we'll play a little bit of the faves. Oh, that's good. It, it's pretty. It's a pretty crazy year for music. Okay, so we'll play Pump It or Dump It. And, so, yeah, sometimes, 
you'll notice 85 will be in 86 and 86 will be in because sometimes the rep the albums were such bangers that they'd have like 12 months of hits oh yeah of so course like so it'll bleed into so uh, you know some of these might be similar to before but most of them are 86 legit got so it. we got like papa don't preach at that point madonna is like full force right yeah it was very controversial yeah uh addicted to love robert palmer like come on that was like crazy huge dump it never liked it still don't uh, yeah what I, say what you want but it was a banger it was a, a hit it was a big hit for sure uh kiss by prince yep pump it jam. um pump it uh, is, was Sea of Love by Robert Plant, is that like around then? That song's a dump it for dump me. It. Dump That's it. Dump it. That's a huge dump it. Every that time it came his... on video hits, I'm like, I don't even know if I can <laughs> sit through this. That was his attempt at like croon oh. shit music. <laughs> and it was a cover the from honey, the 50s, right? It was, even called, it was even called the Honey Drippers. Oh. Yeah. Do you remember? Oh. Get fucking get the fuck out of here with that Dump shit. It. Fucking that's why I always say like that's the, the argument that where like and this is another hot take brought to you by Jer today that uh and it was probably a thought that might have happened. Rod Stewart in Led Zeppelin as the vocalist instead of Robert Plant. What do you mean? I'm just saying because it was the Zeppelin was put together by uh, Jimmy Page, right? And I think I'm not sure who he had. I think he wanted probably Steve Winwood was his dream, but Steve Winwood was doing his own thing. And uh, I'm sure he probably thought of Rod Stewart. I don't know the story or origin. But Jeff Beck had a huge relationship with Rod Stewart because he's on the Rod's first two solo records or first record or whatever. He, they they did a lot of collaborating. Really? He, or sorry, Rod Stewart's on Jeff Beck group. You know what I mean? So Jimmy Page putting together uh, Zeppelin probably was already off the list to, to get. But he got lucky with, with Robert Plant because Robert Plant and John Bonham were together. And I'm not saying Robert Plant isn't amazing, but uh, Rob, Rod Stewart is, is, is incredible also and would have been an interesting hearing those first few records with, with Rod him Stewart. Instead. Because if you listen to those first two Rod Stewart records, it's like, man, like it's rock music, heavy duty rock, good vibes, the faces, that's Rod Stewart. Good stuff. Anyway, back to 86. That's crazy. Like, we're going too far back there. No, it's crazy. It's it's uh, interesting history and fun to imagine what that would have sounded like. Because yeah. Rod Stewart went down that hole. Have I told you lately that I love mm-hmm. like that whole thing? But that's not nearly as bad as the Do You Remember? Oh, the honey when we met. That was garbage. And this is, you know, I met Robert Plant and he was a bod. So awesome. this has nothing to do with, like, I prefer it. I'm just saying it might be, might have been cool to see Rod the Mod in the Zep. Might have been cool. But you probably wouldn't have gotten Bonham or maybe 
you know, who knows? Okay, hit me with another couple. Without that. Okay, uh, Sledgehammer, Pete Gabriel. Pump Peter Gabriel, it. that's a, uh, what? Pump it. Pump it. How about Say You, Say Me, Lionel Richie? I want to say that's from the White Knight soundtrack, and it has a weird tempo was, shift in the was. middle. It's, it's slow, and then it goes, does it change? I remember slow dancing to it at Fairview Junior High, and then suddenly... Oh, yeah, it super changes. So you say you got the answer. Oh, no. Yeah, it's really like halftime banger. But then, zoom ahead. It was an awesome dream. Drums are in, still halftime. I'm going to tell you, every time I watch American Idol, Lionel Richie makes me cry with a kind thing he says to someone auditioning. In, in the... What is he on? American Idol. Is he on it now? Yeah. He and Oh Ka- yeah, oh here we go. Hold up. <laughs> okay, hang on. He and Katy Perry and Luke Bryan. It's, it gets horny right here, watch. Yeah. I wonder if that was a good idea. Well, I'm going to tell you, at Fairview Junior High slow dancing, it wasn't. Because now what do you do? (laughs) Now what do you do? Because look. Because you got to stop again. I know. Oh, forget it. No dice. It's a musical cold shower is what it is. Yeah, that was like a bad idea. Yeah, bad idea, Gene. Why did you do that? Um, no thanks. I that's okay. And then uh, obviously uh, you got Graceland by Paul Simon. Yeah, that's pump it. One of the best of all time. Just pump it on right? the way out the door. Just pump it on the way out and boom yeah. it. Okay. Graceland. Go. Good chat, go bud. We're driving. We're driving out. See you later, bots. See you, bud. See you, bud. Take care, bud. Boom.